Coming up, the latest on the Kansas City Royals from our team here at KCSN. All of our Royals content is brought to you by KC Strength and Conditioning, experts in baseball and softball training for kids ages 8 to 18. If you're in need, you're in luck. John and his crew have sent hundreds of players to college and the pros. That's KC Strength and Conditioning. And now, it's time for the latest updates on your Kansas City Royals. What's up, y'all? This is One Royal Way here on Kansas City Sports Network. I'm Joel Penfield. Jordan Foote joining me as always. Unfortunately, we couldn't get Josh for this last one, nor could we get our guy Peter Apple. We tried uh, to get him on this last episode, but being the national show that uh, the Just Baseball show is for Peter, uh, tried to get him in the middle of the playoffs. So it was kind of tricky, but hopefully we maybe can do something with him this offseason and, and get a show together with him. But we appreciate you guys hanging out with us all year. This is the last regular episode you're going to see from us until next season around the beginning of March. If anything crazy happens this offseason, we'll obviously hop on and we'll we'll talk about it. But regular stuff is not going to come around until the beginning of 2024. But last episode, Jordan, how you feeling, man? Uh, it's bittersweet, man. Like It's been a uh, fun year, despite talking about a team that hasn't been very fun. Um, it's still been good to jump on here and, and chat with you and Josh. And I can't believe he big-timed us for... The final episode of the year. Um, no, Josh, I know you're listening, so I'm not serious about that. Only 99%. But uh, we got plenty to talk about, man. There's Fall League. There is uh, a bunch of salary numbers. We're going to look back at how dumb we were before the season, and then we're going to play a game that Josh put together at the uh, very end of the show. Yeah, even though he, he big leagued us on the, this last episode, couldn't make it, still is contributing. So we will we at least have that from Josh. No, this has been a ton of fun. I think this is the best iteration of any well of any Royals podcast that I've done. Uh, no slight to any of the guys I've done with previously, but I think this has been a awesome, and uh, I'm excited for what we're going to be able to do next year, too. I think we can make it bigger and better. We appreciate yeah. the support that you guys all give us, so be sure to hit the like button on YouTube, subscribe to our podcast, subscribe to everything we're doing here at KCSN. We've got a lot of good stuff, and we can't thank Kansas City Strength and Conditioning enough. Two full years sponsoring this show day one sponsors here. Be sure to check them out if you have a baseball or softball player in the area that needs a place to train. We're going to start tonight talking about the Arizona Fall League, uh, which kicked off last week at the beginning of last week, uh, but there wasn't enough to really mention other than the previous week when we talked about all the guys that are down there uh, playing for that are a part of the Surprise Saguaros, uh, which is the Royals, part of the Royals part of the uh, the team for the Fall Leagues. Everyone can buy, I think there's like six teams and five teams combined rosters, and it's a bunch of yep. top prospects or like kind of quad A guys, like prospect finishing school uh, to get ready for the next season. So the Saguaros are three and four at this point. It's hard to take away like a ton from this because the fall league is sure for work, but 742 OPS as a team, uh, second among all AFL teams at this point, five home runs. Uh, they're fifth out of six in, in walks and strikeouts. Having some Royals hitters in there does contribute to some of that. On the pitching side, a 5.85 ERA, second worst uh, of the six teams. Seventh home, seven home runs is tied for the most. 14 hit batters just to post by six. My goodness. And not all this is Royals pitchers, but damn. Uh, and then the fourth most walks and strikeouts. Uh, some individual performances here. Peyton Wilson's having a great fall league, which... It doesn't always translate, but a good fall league usually helps springboard some guys into the next season. Uh, we saw that Nate Eaton had a pretty good fall league. I remember in 21, 
uh, heading into 22. So that was a, you know, that's just a recent example of this. 974 OPS for Peyton Wilson. As many walks as strikeouts, couple doubles. Uh, had a good night tonight against uh, Takeo Roby, who is a uh, top pro- top pitching prospect in the Cardinals organization. Uh, so good to see them. Nick Lofton has played in one game, uh, one for four with a double. Played first base, which I thought was interesting. I thought maybe it was going to be, you know, some outfield, some third, and see where yeah. it goes in. So maybe we could be looking at a, a platoon type situation at first base with him. What isn't he going to play? Like, uh, what isn't Nick Lofton, ca- A, capable of playing, and B, going to actually play at some Man, point? he is not beating the Merrifield allegations half. <laughs> no, like, not one it is, the, the lazy cop was Nick Lofton's kind of like Whit Merrifield, and sure as shit, he's going out there and playing every position just like what Merrifield did. Uh, but that's interesting to note that he's getting a lot more time at first base. Uh, so maybe we could see a, you know, days when he's playing first, Vinny is... Uh, Vinny's DHing, and then on days when Vinny's playing first, Lofton's playing wherever the hell else. I don't know where else they're going to play him. Gavin Cross is down there as well, three for 11, uh, with four stolen bases in three games. Uh, so 273 batting average. For me, it's just good to see him out there playing again, uh, whatever he was dealing with there throughout the season with all the struggles that he had, and then the, the illness or, or whatever it was that he really only played a couple of games in double A. Um, just good to see him back out on the field and Hopefully he's able to to flush this year, start from scratch in 24 at Northwest Arkansas, and hopefully regain some of his his prospect status. On the pitching side, Ryland Kaufman is only throwing one inning. Angel Zerpa is only throwing one inning. Eric Sarantola has four strikeouts in three innings, giving up a home run. And then Jacob Wallace, two and a third, five strikeouts. Not a ton of sample, but just good to see all of our guys get a little bit of time while they're down there. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, you can't take too much away. Like, Gavin Cross could be 7 for 11 or 11 for 11 or 0 for 11, and you couldn't really say, okay, well, you should feel this way, you should feel that way. But getting guys down there, getting Peyton Wilson some more reps, getting Nick Lofton, like, that was really um, more of a surprise on my end, I thought, that Nick Lofton was going to go down there, um, especially after he played so well at the big league level and the limited action he had. But um, anyone down there is getting valuable reps, and you may not be playing against everyday big league competition on a daily basis. You might not be doing it for multiple months at a time, but like still, like you said, prospect finishing school. You're getting down there. You're finishing off your prospect profile. Guys like Anel Zerpa are getting more reps from an injury-shortened season. You're getting people down there um, to get valuable at-bats, valuable innings pitch. You're still facing talented people so um, not the end all be all if the team sucks doesn't really matter if the team does well doesn't necessarily mean that the prospects are all doing great but um, probably the two big takeaways Lofton down there um, playing first base and then I guess cross like him just being there like you said after the roller coaster of a year he went through and really a lot of downs on that roller coaster not many ups um, being able to just get down there and play baseball of any sort is um, a step for him. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm not out, I'm not selling at all my Gavin Cross stock. Obviously, this year was a little concerning, but if he if it really was like him fighting through an injury all year, and then the injury led to failure, and then the failure kind of spinning in your head, and it becomes a mental and physical thing. You know, maybe if he's able to just get a reset, you know, get some at bats, has a decent fall league. 
maybe that rebounds into 24. We're talking, we're having a different conversation about where Gavin Cross is at uh, in this organization. Let's now look back at our preseason predictions uh, for this year. Man, it, this Good was grief. this was tough. This was really tough. Um, Royals MVP, George, you you and uh, and Josh said Bobby Wood Jr. I said Brady Singer just so we didn't have some sort of anonymity. Or uh, you, Mike, <laughs> it's my all the brain, same. Mike, girl, my brain is just not in it today. To be, it's all the same. Didn't have some like, uniformity, and it was all the same thing. That's what I was trying to say. Uh, yeah, Brady Singer obviously didn't work out this year. That was, it was rough. There were, there were spots where I'm like, oh, he's back. And then the next three starts would be awful. And then he was back. It, so the, the up and down nature was tough, but we've talked about it at nauseum. We don't need to, to go too far into Bobby Jinnerton turned into a star. And it was one thing that needed to happen this year for this team. And he was very obviously this team's MVP. I, I couldn't think of anybody different that it could be. There's... We talked, I think it was last week, uh, maybe the week before. It might have been when Josh was here. But um, for Bobby Witt Jr. to, you could cut like June 1st or even July 1st to the end of the year and he'd still be the MVP of the team. Like just, oh, yeah. he was so good during that stretch. And it's not like he was a negative player by any means before that, but he was kind of middling and scuffling a little bit. You could see the expected numbers were, um, and I think we even poked fun. We were like, yeah, well, they're expected. He's not living up to him. Then all of a sudden it clicked Just um, and he went nuts. So there's no other contender. Like if Cole Reagans was there for a full year, maybe he pushes a little bit, but like still with the defense, with the bat, um, there's no one that, that even held a candle to him. Yeah. There, there's no doubt about that. Speaking of Cole Reagans, he's the pitcher of the year for the Royals and he was here for about two months. Uh, but kind of says the nature of the pitching staff this year. We all said preseason that it was going to be Brady Singer, and that just fell flat on its face pretty much from Jump Street. Uh, hopefully he's able to rebound next year. Uh, and then you have a one-two combo at the top. It's like, hey, these are pretty solid guys to, to build a, a rotation around. I'm going to honorable mention James MacArthur. I know we talked about him last week, but that last month of the year was absolutely awesome and a team that needed that has a lot of open slots and open tryouts for the bullpen in 2024. Seems like a guy that is at least, you know, put himself in the conversation for Sharpie in the bullpen to begin mm-hmm. next year at a minimum. So exciting, exciting stuff there on, on multiple fronts, but that would be another guy too. Can I mention first half Carlos Hernandez? Yeah. No, I, first half was Hernandez. good in the first half. He was great. He was awesome. And second half, obviously, not so much, and we'll talk about him, I believe, later with the uh, arb estimates and stuff like that. But first half was great. Second half, I believe, got a little bit better towards the end. I didn't look at the numbers before we jumped on, but it was it was uh, fine. Like, after the break, it was rough. After the deadline, really we were rough. like, "Ah, oh, the Royals should have traded him when they could." And I, I think yeah. I've kind of like settled back into the uh, let's see what he is. But even in the first half, I was like, eh, "I'm not quite sure this is it," and he didn't end up being that so we'll see yeah best hitter you and and josh get a mulligan here it was you said Vinny pasquantino that would have been an arguable i think yeah. the full season i said bobby obviously bobby ended up being that guy but part of the reason why i said that was just the the power speed all of it i felt like just to the total package of what bobby got yeah. bring uh ended up being that and it was true i mean he was extra base hit machine was basically turning singles into doubles pretty much all year. Uh, 
he ended up being that guy. And I'm going to keep talking about it because it's so remarkable for a 23-year-old to tap into his power a lot more and not strike out. Like to to cut the strikeout rate the way he did was really impressive. And I, again, he's kind of always scratching the surface on where he is. The record record is 56 and 106. Really? We all were between 74 and 79 wins. That was that was a tough scene. Like the end of April, we were like, "Oh boy, this is not this is not going well." I thought that I was going to come in. So like before we jumped into that prediction, um, I thought that I was going to be really low compared to you guys. And compared to Joshua, I was five games off. Like, that's a, a decent yeah. amount. But when you hit 75 and 87, I was like, oh, okay, I don't feel like I'm being a hater or anything. And I was like, that is a tangible improvement over last year. They had the logic like to have that so. tangible improvement. Yeah, it was like, they're not contending. They're not 500. They're not close to either of those. They are better and it could be the bridge year to being a 500 team in 2024. Obviously, I don't even think they hit 74 and 88 a year from now. Next season, I think no, even I getting think so. to 70 would be pretty wild. But um, yeah, that's that's where if they were even 79 and 83 next year, people should be jumping up and down, even if they aren't. Yeah. Yeah, that would be that would be a massive improvement. I mean, I think they get to 70. I'm gonna come yeah. come on here like this time next year and go, hey, I think we're really heading in the right direction. Like there, it's not just like the fake optimism or like the the optimism that's like we're really grasping at straws trying to get there after yeah. a 56 win season, 70 wins. I'd feel I'd feel a lot, but that's 14 win improvement. That mm -hmm. would be remarkable for year two uh, for this team. We are going to talk about our preseason awards and predict you know what they could end up being uh, right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts that help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, 
the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. We appreciate you guys hanging with us. We're going to talk about our preseason predictions and look back on the awards side. And this was not the Royals. This was full league. And then our uh, standings and World Series predictions, all that kind of stuff. Those Uh, were rough. Uh, Just in advance. In case you can't remember, I I think I whiffed on everything. And that's off of memory. I I was very close. I was very (laughs) close to whiffing on all of it. Uh, AL MVP, you and I said Shohei Otani. Yep. That he ended up being that. Uh, Josh, just to be different, said Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He had like a weirdly disappointing year. Mm-hmm. I don't even think yeah. he had an 800 OPS. Like it was, yeah. it was bizarre. I'm going to look at his season long numbers because it was kind of whelming. Yeah. I thought it was a good ran. pick. I-, I was like, okay, yeah. Josh, there's logic to that. And then he did not make the assertive 2023 statement that almost everybody thought he would. Yeah, he had a, where is it here? Yeah, 788 OPS. Yeah, for Vladimir Guerrero Jr., like that was, that was on 118 later in straight plus. Not great, uh, but he's only 24. Maybe he's able to turn it around and stop hitting the ball on the ground so much. Uh, for AL Cy Young, you guys said Shane McClanahan. That's brutal because uh, he uh, blew out his UCL pretty early on there. Uh, mm-hmm. Tough look. Uh, I said Luis Castillo, and he was trending around that area, but he had some starts at the end of the year when the Mariners needed him yeah. to be their ace or win day guy, and he just couldn't get it done. Uh, I don't know who's going to win. It's probably going to be Garrett mm-hmm. Cole. I think he's going to win when A.L. Cy Young for a fourth-place Yankees team. That's that's pretty tough. Uh, you know, rookie of the year, uh, we were all split. You said Gunnar Henderson. I said Hunter Brown, pitcher for the Houston Astros. And Josh said Masataka Yoshida. Gunnar Harrison went nuts in the second half of the season. Yeah. I didn't like he was really, really good. Uh, I think he's pretty much I think you could sharpie him in as your rookie of the year. NL MVP, you and Josh said Ronald Acuna Jr. 40 70 will get it done. 
I said Freddie Freeman. And I was sitting there thinking, like, I'm like, okay, part of the reason why I did is he was plus 2,500, 25 to 1 to win an NL MVP. I'm like, he's so consistent and so good that I feel like that's stealing to get that value. And he had a freakishly good year. He was awesome. Ronald Acuna Jr. was just in another stratosphere. Yeah. And Mookie Betts came on in the second half of the year and went nuts and nearly went 40 home runs. So, I mean, Freddie Freeman had a 7.9 F4 season. <laughs> <laughs> if he would just steal some damn bases and, and be yeah, Ronald Acuna, you know. 23? Wow. That is a lot more than I thought he had. Yeah. Wow. Three, four, th- slash 331-410-567. But yeah, Ronald Acuna went 40, 40-70. Like, that's, we've never seen that before. That's going to, of course that's going to win. Uh, can't can't fault that. I still feel like I had a good side in that bet. It's not like it was a massive whip. Oh, yeah. No, it was, uh, and it, he was fantastic. And El Cy Young, we were all split on this one as well. You said Spencer Strider. I had Zach Wheeler. And Josh had Corbin Burns. It's going to be Blake Snell. Did you look at Blake Snell's second half? No, I. Before we jump into that, guess what Freddie Freeman's previous career high in stolen bases was before this year? Uh, I don't know. Maybe like 15. it was last year, actually. If it, oh. it makes you feel better, what's your guess? I don't know. I said like fifteen, maybe. Um, it was thirteen last season. That's why when you said twenty-three, I was like, uh, hold on a second. Yeah, he's also. Not old, but he's not young. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm just like, that's for a 34 year old to randomly start stealing bases like that. It's pretty wild. I mean, some of that for sure was the new rules. Oh, 100%. Uh, definitely aids in that. But yeah. he is a very, very good, uh, just like smart. Yeah, he's very always has been. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find Blake Snell's stats from like. There was a certain Dude, was, year where he, yeah. he just went insane. Uh, I'm trying to find find this here because, like, he's if he keep, if he has a couple more years, I think he's like sneaky Hall of Fame. Dude, he's pretty wild. Like that's not okay. A, a, okay so here it is. Oh, that was since July. So let me look it up. Since May 25th, that was the arbitrary line that I've seen a lot used. Give me just a second. This is great, great radio here. Live lookups are fantastic. They're my favorite part of every. Blake Snell, from May 25th on, 135 innings, 186 strikeouts, 1.20 ERA. <laughs> like, now, he also that's insane. 72. <laughs> like, he led the league in walks, punched yeah. out 200. Had a, I think the season-long ERA was like, low twos I think or like in the high twos I, I'll have to go back and look but I mean just an incredible year for Blake Snell uh, yeah season long year 225 234 180 innings and 99 walks wild I mean that is unsustainably wild one per yeah for the amount yeah. of dudes that he was letting on base what was his life on base percentage? Did you have his fan graphs uh, up? 86%. <laughs> Those are like reliever, like come be a fireman and get these guys like the yes. year of numbers. I did not expect, I did not expect to spend this much time on Blake Snell, but he's I mean, a baller. He's, he's, yeah. Yes. And a hey, contract years undefeated. He's going to mm-hmm. get 
you know, 150 million or more, you know, on a long before the year, I'm thinking, man, if he, he may have a decent year, and I would go, I'd go get Blake Snell on a two to three year deal in Kansas City. Uh, he's very much priced no himself out of bat at this point. So hey, yeah. good for him for for getting that done. For, you know, second Cy Young and and a Cy Young in both leagues. That's not hard. That's not a not easy to do. Mm-hmm. And our rookie of the year, uh, you and I had Jordan Walker. Josh had Corbin Carroll. Oh, a great pick. I Giant thought. Best. Well, I thought Corbin Carroll had already used up his rookie eligibility last season. Same. But he came. Same. He came up. He came up like mid August. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, he wouldn't have done that. So Jordan Walker was okay. I think. Uh, I basically once he got sent back down, I basically gave up on it. Uh, Their season was also just not their season was following whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. He had a one sixteen WRC plus, sixteen homers. He was in one hundred seventy games. Yeah, like he was fine. Um, The Cardinals were just bad. Yeah. All right, here we go. Division winners. This is fun. Can Uh, we just skip this part? No, I'm just joking. Don't 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 skip in the American League. Jordan had the Yankees, the uh, had the Cleveland Guardians, and the Seattle Mariners. And Josh and I had exactly the same. We had Toronto, Cleveland, and Houston. We at least got Houston. Minnesota was freakishly good. Baltimore came out of nowhere. I was not buying Baltimore at all. I thought yeah. they were a year away. Like they would be pretty good, like fringe wild card. Didn't think they could do it. And then they won 100 games. So, um, but they're also getting absolutely whacked in Texas right now. Um, so they, that I think the the clock struck midnight on that Cinderella story because uh, it is it is not going well right now at least from the last I saw. Well, so South dumbass live bet them in during the Texas game. Yeah, when they were down one zero. To be fair, yeah. Now it's seven to one Texas right now on the top of the year. Mm. Now the bases are loaded, but I I do not think uh, this is going to go well and no. the number one season gets swept out. The uh, wild card teams, you had Toronto, Houston, and Tampa. I had Seattle, the Yankees, and Tampa. And Josh had the Yankees, the Mariners, and the Rangers. The re- the actual were Toronto, who was already out. Tampa, who was already out in Texas, who looks like an absolute wagon right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I think it's going to be it's gonna be a Houston, uh, Texas, ALCS. It's going to be electric. Yeah, that's going to be fun. And, like, Texas was a good pick in retrospect. Like, they were a team that coming into the year, I thought they'd be in that, like, 83-win range where I was like, eh, I, I thought about they're going to definitely make it. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not sure. I kind of feel like, I felt like Baltimore was, like you said, one year away from being, like, there, quote-unquote, arriving. Texas, yeah. I was like, yeah, they threw a bunch of money at their team, and yes, I like what they have, but I also think it's going to take them a year, and they look absolutely fantastic. So the National League was brutal to us. Yeah. This is this is bad. Uh, we all had the Cardinals winning the Central. We all had the Padres. I can't believe we fell for the Padres. I can't, I can't I, believe I fell for the Mets. You really? Okay, yeah, that was bad. I'm a dumbass. Yeah. And also my World Series pick. Like I, My division and playoff picks were terrible, dude. They were yeah. objectively horrendous. It was a, I, I at least had Atlanta. I didn't have uh, shit. Winning the winning. <laughs> I was just uh, absolutely over. Josh had the Phillies way in the East. Like we were split. I, I but think my we I can't remember looking back. I think my wild card teams were Milwaukee, LA, and yes. the Phillies. I think that was Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, it, it was something like that. 
Uh, you had Atlanta, Philly, and the Dodgers in the wild card, and Josh had Atlanta, New York, and the Dodgers. I had the foresight to not believe in the Mets because, well, they're the Mets. Good grief. Yeah, the actual wild cards, the Phillies, who I think that, that series is at least going five with Atlanta, mm-hmm. and Phillies might win it, as good as Atlanta is. Uh, and then Miami, good for them, and Arizona, good for them. Those are two of the worst teams of baseball a couple years ago, and they made the playoffs. So that's crazy that's how that awesome works, thing. right? Yeah. Hey, sign the right guys, get the right coach, you draft well, turns out it can work out for you. What a concept, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, World Series picks. I had the Braves over the Mariners, and the Mariners missed out by one game for the second time in three years. Uh, That was tough. Uh, Don't go 8-17 and in September. That'll be the culprit. Yeah, you're not at the right time for floundering. They went 21-6 and in August, and then 8-17 and in September. Julio hit a buck fifty-five the last two weeks. Brutal. Lights were too bright. Terrible. Uh, they, but speaking of terrible, you had the Yankees winning the World Series. Yeah, and I'll probably believe in them again next year. Like I, we've had this discussion off air, I think, and I'm just gonna let it out. Growing up, I loved A Rod. I loved Jeter. I liked the Yankees a lot. Um, they obviously weren't my go-to team, but like if I would have had one that that wasn't Kansas City based as a kid it would have been the Yankees and I know that sounds terrible but um I still can't get rid of the stench and the Cardinals would have been the backup to the backup so um yeah there's my confession buried in the end of season pod I mean I I think at this point like it's not a hatred of the Yankees it's more just laughing at them because they're a delusional franchise yes. that is in the past Yes, will not understand that no one gives a shit about them anymore. Like their cash their is suck. gone. Yeah, and their fans suck too. Um, yeah, like guys our age that are going twenty-seven rings when most of them were like one when their great grandpa and grandpa were watching the Yankees. Could be worse though. Josh had the Padres over the Yankees. <laughs> the poor guy. That's a we. I think I know we flamed him for it at the sure. season pod. <laughs> I'm going to do it again because holy <laughs> hell, that was bad. Oh, man. The the Padres, like, uh, Padres aren't auto-fade for me for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm yeah. not buying, I bought it the last two years. Yeah. So I really like, I know the, the PED stuff. I still love Tatis. I think he's great for the game of baseball. Sneakily became, like, out of nowhere, the best right fielder in baseball. It was wild, yeah. Position regularly. He was, and, he only had like a 790 OPS with 25 Almers. Like mm-hmm. that's the floor. Like the dude's still a freak. Like yeah. he's so good. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I, I'm auto fading them next year. I'm not putting them in the playoffs. I already know that's going to happen. I don't care what offseason moves they make. I'm they could sign it. Jesus Christ. I'm not doing that. Shit I'm again. not buying. I, I, it. Like, yeah. No until it, it's one of those things until proven otherwise. I'm not betting against the Rays. I don't care what they do. And I'm not betting against the, and I'm auto fading the Padres. We'll be back in March, and we'll both be picking the Padres to to do nope. some damage. I refuse. I, this is a principle for <laughs> me at this point. I'm not doing it. I'm not betting against the Dodgers in the NL West until proven otherwise. I just I can't do it. Fair enough. Yep, we're gonna take a break, and we'll get back to the Royals here right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. We appreciate y'all. So we're going to talk about now the arbitration estimates that came out for MLB trade rumors for all arb eligible 
Royals. Uh, some guys, it's their first crack at it. A couple other guys are uh, are coming around on the second or third time. And then some non-tender candidates that go along with this, because uh, that is that's part of this as well. So here are the estimates for you know the player, and then what they you know what is believed that the ARB estimate will be. Bray Singer five point one million, Chris Bubich two point four, Taylor Clark two point two, Edward Olivares one point eight, Taylor Hearn one point seven, Carlos Hernandez one point three. Josh Taylor 1.3 and Josh Stamont 1.2. Off the rip, is there anybody that you think is going to get that amount or possibly greater? Man, I think the Chris Bubich one's interesting because like he blew yeah. his elbow out and was good when he played, but like also the sample's so small, but also he's a young player. Like I think the Edward Olivares one is interesting. I don't think Taylor Hearn is worth that much to the Royals. I don't think Josh Taylor is necessarily worth, which that's not really fair to him, but I just don't. Um, Taylor Clark, that seems to be pretty accurate for him, if not yeah. even a little bit light. Like I could see him pushing for a little bit more. Um, Stamont, we'll talk about non-tender guys. The Brady Singer one's interesting because like a, the Royals don't always go to arbitration very often. They've been notorious under previous management for um, avoiding that whenever possible. I'm giving Joel time to look at the Fangraphs evaluation to see how much he was worth, which is an imperfect practice because it's like F4 times whatever, 8 million per, and then it gives you a, an estimate that's not always um, lines up with how much the player was worth, but um, that's really the the big one, obviously, is double the next closest guy. Uh, so he was, uh, according to Fangraph, the war dollars stat, yeah. 15 yeah. two. Uh, okay, bullshit. That, well, no. Well, for, for, for perspective, in 2022, it was 23.3. Oh, yeah. And it was even less than his 2021 when it was 16.7. Just Okay. Now, again, that is it. It is imperfect. It is kind of like, it's very. just an approximation. Just give some perspective on the player, but it's not yeah. a concrete, you know, gospel of how much money they're actually worth. Now, I did look, you talked about arbitration. Mm -hmm. The Royals went to arbitration with Brady Singer last year. Yep. Uh, he was uh, the, proje the projected, uh, our number last year was 2.9. He okay. filed three. He filed three point three two five. The Royals fired or filed two point nine five. Royals won in that arbitration sure. case. Uh, so this is, this is a pretty significant jump, but this is also ARB two. So the number is going to increase. I bet they just. I bet that one five point one sticks. I I don't think the Royals will try and undercut him two years in a row. I I would it. be pretty shocked if that happens. Um. Uh, if it I, does, then I think that tells you a lot about how they feel about Brady Singer moving forward. Like I was just about to say that. Like, do you yeah. think that, and I'm not an agent, I'm not a player, obviously, but if they do that twice in a row, do you think the agent, like, takes that into account at the negotiation table or even the idea of it, I guess? I could also see it's like a scenario where it's, okay, let's just see, like, basically seek a trade. Like, you know what? Yeah. They, if they don't value this way, then we just need to, you know, find a way to have a move made. 
Yeah, like it's not a contentious thing, and it's not like no, like hey, screw you, dude. But it's not nothing. Like but the thing is that like, hey, man, you dude is the entire point of arbitration. Yes, exactly. That's exactly like, and I know that people in the organization, the people around baseball, we don't want to hear that, but mm-hmm. it's that's accurate. Like you go into those meetings, and players have talked about of yeah. what is said and what they what teams bring to the table to not pay a guy mm. because they don't want to pay him that much money. What even if that money is pennies compared well and like the Nicky Lopez thing, like their gap yeah. I can't remember what it was, but it was something extremely small. It was not a big gap at all. Like it was the Brady Singer thing was a few hundred thousand dollars. I think the Lopez thing was literally two hundred thousand maybe and I could be yeah. out to lunch on that. I'm looking it up because this happened in 22, I believe. Yeah. So he tried to get 2.9 and got 2.55. Okay, so I was off on that, but still. Yeah. But that what just... also was crazy about that Nicky Lopez one is it drug on into June. Yeah. No, it was wild because I remember there was like a game. and then Well, all to of be sudden, fair, some of that was work. because of the lockout, but. Yeah, yeah. But still, it was like, oh, okay, here, by the way, Nicky Lopez and the Royals agreed to blah, blah, blah. This is what he got. And it was a drop of a hat. Um, I, I don't know. I think these estimates are mostly, I'm trying to figure out how I want to word it. For the player themselves, I don't think they're bad. But for how much the player is worth to the Royals, I think they could not be worth it, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the, considering, like, with Josh Taylor, with Josh Stalmont, with Taylor Hearn, they could definitely be worth that in arbitration, but the Royals may not necessarily need to allocate that for Correct. that player. And that's where I think some of the non-tender stuff comes in. I yep. bet Bubich gets close to that amount. Mm-hmm. I, I I bet probably a little less purely because he's not going back until... Or, like, 2.1 yeah, like or something. Yeah, like, the Royals aren't going to screw him. I didn't go 1.5. Like, it's not gonna yeah, yeah, yeah. Taylor Clark, I bet they he just agrees to that 2.2 because I don't know if he'll get 2.2 anywhere else. Um, the Olivares one is interesting because he came back over Omaha and was breaking. Yeah. But is he going to keep doing that? And the defense is horrible and Nelson Velasquez is awesome. I I think he's it's kind of that odd man out scenario. Yeah, the writing's and on the wall, I think, for him. I think so, too. Uh, but if they brought him back, like I won't be upset. Like it's not a scenario where it's like this guy doesn't belong on the Royals. It's just I just don't know where he fits in at this point. Yeah, like at all because he's he's a DH that's not a DH because he doesn't hit enough to be a DH. I don't know. Yeah, but the non-tender, I, I think Hearn, Taylor, and Josh Stalmont are getting non-tendered. The Josh Stalmont one is unfortunate because it's tra- thoracic outlet. Like that can be a career ender for a lot of guys. And what made Josh Stalmont great at the beginning of his career was the velocity. You know, 97 to 101. He was 94 at times this year. And with his stuff and lack of command, that's just not going to play. And so I, I hope he gets healthy. Maybe the Royals kind of do what they did for Jake Brents and give him a one yeah. or two year deal, couple million bucks, get healthy. We want to have you back. We still want, we still believe, we still believe in you. It could be something like that. But I, I don't picture it. I think the the Josh Taylor thing was kind of a wash at this point. Like, he wasn't good prior to the injury, and then he got hurt. And he had been hurt prior to that. So it becomes a, the best ability is availability. He yeah. hasn't been over the last couple of years. 
So I, I think that's a non-tender move and you just move on, even though he has options in it another year. I just, I don't know where he fits in. And I think there are dudes that are far more worthy of those innings than Josh Taylor. Yeah. Uh, the arbitration thing and even the non-tender thing, the Royals are still at their core, even without Dayton Moore there. And JJ Piccolo has proven to be, I think, more of a, a business-oriented and cost-effective type guy. But in that same breath, he's not this cutthroat, like, I'm going to piss everybody off or I'm going to, you know, he's not going to move like that. He's still going to make moves that cool. are in best interest. He does care about the people still. Um, the thing, like with a Josh Taylor if they want him to have a little bit more time or if with Stamont, they do want him to come back on a minor league deal or, you know, have some extra time to get himself back to where he was, or at least have the option to stuff that other teams probably would do anyway, but you're already there. You don't have to move. You're already familiar with the team. You like the people there. You believe in whatever pitching development, like, there's probably incentive for some of those guys to stick around just as much as there is for the Royals to keep them for super cheap because a, it's not really costing any real significant money. Um, and I know I'm kind of contradicting myself because I said earlier, it's not worth it for them to allocate, but if you're giving them those types of deals, like they did with Brent's, then it's okay. And you're not going over arbitration. You're not necessarily going through that whole process, but um, there's, at least three, if not four, counting Olivares, but I think he just, uh, unlike the circle of trust for non-tender candidates, he's on like tier two. He's not a, a tier one core, you have to do that type guy. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out, and we're not going to get a ton of details. We'll just know, hey, sure. the you know move was yeah. made, or they're going to arbitration, but we're not going to hear about anything other than that. So we're going to play a game that our buddy Josh came up with, sent us, uh, and said, hey, if you want to do this, do it. Uh, we think it'll be good. And actually, it works out really well toward the end of the uh, toward the end of the podcast for the end of the season. kind of acts as an off-season checklist for us. Uh, so we have $5 to spend on the following things. Uh, you know, So Josh gave us some scenarios, and we're going to talk about a couple moves that we would make. So player signings. $3 can go to market value plus 10% for Aaron Nola. $2 to sign Cody Bellinger. $1 to sign Josh Hader. And $1 to sign uh, three pitching reclamation projects. On the staff side, uh, $1 to hire additional scouts and cross checkers. Or $1 uh, for more analy you know, analytics or you know tech people. Prospects. Uh, $1 to get Gavin Cross on track for a 2025 debut, $1 to marginally increase 2024 farm system production, and then we got a trade one, which is $1 to trade Salvador Perez and $20 million for a former top 100 pitcher and two Dominican League lottery tickets. Uh, I'll let you go ahead and talk through your three. Uh, I did not prepare for this prior to... Um, because I'd almost never prepare prior to for any of the show. <laughs> Look behind the scenes here. I just fire from the hip. Uh, but we're, we're, where are you spending your five bucks on this? I kind of struggled with this one. So <clears throat> I, I knew I was going to go $1 to increase the farm system production 
and marginally can be a little subjective, I think, but just getting the farm system in a better spot overall is worth a dollar. Um, I think $1 for three pitching reclamation projects would be interesting. And I'm going to list the three that I would buy. Um, Luis Severino, I know he might not count technically as a reclamation project, but look, man, no, I think it is. I think it it totally is. Like he flirts with that status and he's only pitched 22 starts the last three years. He had a 6.65 ERA this year, 89 innings, but a 2.85 ERA in those aforementioned three seasons. Um, he used to be really good, and then he's had some health problems, but he's still only like 29, I think. Yeah, so yeah, from a starting perspective, yeah. yeah. So that's not bad. Um, in the bullpen, Archie Bradley, we've talked about him yeah. several times, I think, on this pod. Um, that's really, that's a deep cut reclamation project. You're like, okay, let's see if there's anything left. And then, uh, John Curtis, who his best ERA or I, sorry, his F wars 0.4, he's only pitched 106 innings at the big league level. And I believe almost all of those have been with the Mets system. I want to say, um, so getting guys that you could either flip in Bradley's case or Curtis, you can keep him around for a little bit or, Severino's case, you have a guy for a while, or you know, you can flip him. Then my third, so I'm up to two bucks. I'm gonna spend the three, man. I'm gonna get Aaron Nola, I think. And that's not a move I usually would make, but he's pitched almost 600 innings over the past three years. 3 3 1 FIP. He's been worth almost 15 wins. He limits walks. He strikes out plenty of guys. He could co headline the rotation with Cole Reagans. The problem is. Where does that money come in? And before the season, people were like, okay, five for a hundred. Then I read a couple articles before we came on that said five for one twenty. Then I saw a couple that said five for a hundred and fifty. And then there was one that was higher than that. It's like I don't know where the money settles for him. Twenty million a year, twenty-five million a year, eighteen million a year. I think he's gonna command a decent amount, and then you add ten percent to that. So um, he's 30, he's pitched a lot of innings, he's got a lot of miles on him, so it is risky, but if the Royals are serious about competing and being a good team, if they make the playoffs in 2026, he'll be 32-33, that's a James Shields type situation where you have a guy yeah. you'll count on to eat innings, and maybe he's not perfect, but he's going to be good, and right now he's pretty damn good. You know, so I think even at five for one fifty, that's, that's thirty million. That's thirty million APY. Yeah. And here's the thing: you want a top of the rotation, a starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. You got to spend that money, like that. And even then, thirty million for a top of the rotation dude that you know is going to give you 180, 200 innings. Yeah. And be really with a you know three and a half ERA at worst. You know that's still that's cheap relative to what. Other and it's guys not are. Bellinger who's going to command two hundred million bucks, so, probably. I don't know what Cody Bellinger is. He's weird. I don't know. Well, he's not um, weird, but <laughs> the, the contract situation and its production has yes, been weird. Totally. Um, then you have, yeah, I think you have one dollar left. What, what were you spending on? Uh, Do I? Nope, I, yeah. I'm up to five, uh, three, one, and one. So I'm I'm maxed out. Okay, did you talk about the marginal increase? Because you have it on here that you had. Yeah, I just getting it in a better position and getting whether that's yeah whether that's getting 
one top 10 guy to make a big improvement and then one, you know, 10 to 20, however you want to split that up, just improving the farm system in general. If you can lock that in for one of your five bucks, I think that um, regardless of what subjective measure you want marginally to be, I think that that's probably worth spending a buck. Yeah, I, I'm going to, one of mine is, is one of the, the other prospect one. I'll get to that in a bit. So I know we just talked about, we have no idea what Cody Bellinger is going to make. If I had the opportunity to sign Cody Bellinger, I'd do it. Okay. Because I, he is not the same guy that won MVP in 2019. 47 home runs, 161 way to runs, created plus an eight win player. He He's not that guy, but he's also not the guy that he was from 2020 to 2022. That was what happened. Like I, he was to say he was terrible. I think is an insult to the word terrible. It was like one of the craziest mm. fall offs for a guy in the middle of his prime or like entering his prime, just out of nowhere. He's still 27 years old, or he'll be 28 next season. This year with the Cubs, 307, 356, 525, he had the lowest strikeout rate of his career, a 134 weighted runs created plus, 26 home runs, which is his most since that MVP year in 2019, 97 RBIs, he stole 20 bags, he was a 4.1 F4 player, he's a great center field. Like, absolutely could hold down center field at Coffin Stadium. Can play first base if you need it. Can play left field if you need it. What, whatever it is. And the Royals have not had a great center fielder since Lorenzo came. Like, they have not. My Michael A. Taylor was a good defensive center field. But to have an all-around guy, I know you're buying high on a guy. You're becoming off a year like this. Like, if he had a 105 winner and created plus and he was just good I think you'd, I'd still make that move because I still would bet on the upside that he could figure it out but it would be I think one of those moves kind of similar to Aaron Nola where it is we're serious about trying to win soon because yeah. we know the young guys that we have you have a ton of cost control players on your team position players you you can't afford to go and, and go and get a guy if you really want him I would go and get Cody Bellinger. I, I absolutely would if the opportunity presented itself. I don't think it will. I think he's going to command too much money. But if it was my money, I would go and do it. My uh, next dollar I'm spending, I'm, I'm kind of spreading mine out here. Uh, I'm getting going and revamping the analytics department still. Like, I okay. everything on the, the scout. Like, I'll spend $2 right there on the staff. More scouts, more cross-checkers, all of that stuff. I think they just need more outside voices on the player development and scouting side. And I, because I think Danny Adaveros, he's, you know, VP of scouting now. I think he's done a fine job, but I think there just needs, but he's been around for so long. I think they just need to inject more outside voices in there, some new ways of looking at things to help bring, you know, just bring some new perspective so we can get some better players in the system. And then my last thing, I'll spend a dollar to get Gavin Cross on track again. Because the system needs it bad. Like, I think there are, and I'm, this is not me trying to dunk on the Royal system. I think there are fine players in here. Like, I think there are there, there are guys that you look at and we talk about, oh, that's a big leaguer. Mm -hmm. But that's about where the conversation ends. Like, because <laughs> we don't know 
how good they could be. Like, sure, yeah. some dudes are like Vinny Pasquantino, where they just come out of nowhere from the middle rounds and turn into really good big... Sure, there's some of that. There's also guys like Drew Waters or Kyle Isbell or most of this system that's like, okay, they can get there. What are they when they get there? Like, how good can they actually be? How much value can they provide? Gavin Cross at his ceiling is a very good two-and-a-half to three-win player, if not more. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the power output, very good defense, a good base runner, I think he would fit in great. If he can get it figured out, then I think, you, and you put him on track for a 2025 debut, it changes the math on where the Royals could be and where the, what the timeline looks like. Conversely, if he if he stumbles again, then we're really hurting. This sort of, yep. because it's another first round pick that did not work out. And there are far more first round picks, Sands Bobby Wood Jr., that have not worked out than have at this point. So the Royals need a guy like this to to turn it around and figure it out. Yeah, they can when you're an organization that is doing a lot of other stuff, right? You can afford to, you know, mess up a, a couple picks or a couple signings or whatever, but when you're not doing everything right and like you're signing, you're not spending money, you're not drafting necessarily terrifically well after that first round, like they're getting better, I think, at a lot of stuff. But if you whiff on another one, premium investment, premium hopium of investing yeah. in prospect and having them help lead the next core and then that also fails, then you're in a rough spot. Like you can't afford to continuously have that happen outside of Bobby Wood Jr. We don't know what's going to happen with Frank Mazzucato. Like, it is like Mitchell is a wild. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that is a nuts on table pick. And it was kind of a nuts on table draft. And that's uh, not what I expected. Um, We are going to find out, I think, not necessarily quickly, but that draft is going to sink or swim a lot of people, I think, including the prospects. Like, it's going to go beyond just what they do. Yeah. Thinking of some of those draft picks, and this was something I thought about a while ago, I uh, meant to mention it on this show, but jogged my brain. We talked about the, the 23 draft. Uh, we There was some video that went out of Blake Walters throwing it in yeah. trucks. I see why they drafted him in the second round, uh, 96 to 97. The slider is as advertised. Uh, still a little all over the place, but you can absolutely see the projectabilities. A big dude, fluid mechanics. You know, uses his frame well. He is the guy that I'm very, very excited for next year when he he when he gets to Columbia. Whenever they decide to send him, I love video. Even when it's bad video, like I just going beyond getting on FanGraphs or getting on Baseball America or MLB Pipeline or like whatever site you go to and looking at numbers, like being able to see the intricacies of, oh, this is where this guy's hand placement is, or, oh, this is where this guy's arm slot is, or, oh, he's tipping this pitch, or, like, stuff like that. Being able to visibly see the progress, or even the tidbits of, oh, Dylan Coleman is, you know, spending his time here, or this guy's going there, or Cole Reagans Mm -hmm. went to this place. Like, just the development aspect, not having the bandwidth, or the manpower, or the resources, or any of that, or the time, to get down to those places and kind of scout that stuff out. Um, it's it's interesting for sure. Absolutely. You got any final thoughts here before we uh, we end our season, basically? Oh, man. Just uh, 
I'm not crying. My voice has been kind of in and out throughout the podcast, <laughs> but I just wanted to get make that clear. Um, just thank everybody genuinely for tuning in throughout the year. I know that um, this season was a lot more trying for you than you anticipated, unless you were just the biggest Royals pessimist out there. Um, but uh, thank you for tuning in all year and asking questions, interacting on Twitter, subscribing to YouTube, subscribing to Apple, Spotify, whatever platform you used. Um, interacting with us throughout the year was awesome. Getting Twitter questions was great. Um, getting the YouTube comments was awesome. Just people tuning in, showing appreciation, giving negative feedback, giving positive feedback, showing, asking a question, giving a suggestion, um, simply downloading, simply listening, tuning in for 10 seconds, tuning in for the entire season. Um, just a massive thank you to everybody for for the whole year, pretty much. And we're going to have stuff in the off season. Obviously, we are not done for six months or however long it is until March, but it is going to be a lot more sporadic. And um, we thank you for tuning in through this this long ride of the season. Yeah, I do want to thank the Royals organization too, yep. because we had the opportunity to sit down with J.J. Piccolo before the season. During the year, we had interviews with Alex Zumwalt and Austin Cox. We want to be able to do more next year. So uh, th- that was just to have that small opportunity this year to kind of build what we possibly, you know, what this can turn into was really cool. Uh, the opportunity to sit down with those guys was something I'll always remember because that's that's really cool stuff. Not many people have the op- that sort of opportunity. And then KCSN, obviously, this is a, an incredible flat platform, an incredible company. Uh, I couldn't be more grateful to you know to be working with all of these great people here. There's so many great shows, and to be a small yeah. part of it uh, does mean a lot. Uh, the not just the obviously the incredible content that's able to go out, but the mission and what we're able to do in the community as well is. Uh, not something I'm not taking for granted. That's for sure. Uh, this is this is an incredible place to be, and I can't wait for next year. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to make it bigger. We're going to make it better. Uh, and we appreciate everybody that listens to the show. I did not expect to continually see a couple hundred views on YouTube or a couple <laughs> hundred downloads in like the middle of July when this team had like 25 wins and we had no idea what to expect and where things were going to go. But um, hopefully next year is better. Hopefully there's more wins to talk about. A lot more. Uh, good stuff. Maybe hopefully we're having like a Bobby Wood Jr. MVP conversation and, and can go from there. I do have uh, two more orders of business. Producer Nick, actually three, I guess. Producer Nick Springer, thank you for helping us throughout um, the really the big chunk of this season. Tucker Franklin, yeah. thank you behind the scenes for editing and helping set everything up. And then uh, Josh Kaiser, uh, hope to never speak to you or hear from you again. No, I'm just kidding. Josh, you are the best. Thank you for uh, being along on this ride with us and Joel also thank you for um, welcoming us onto the show originally and having a fun year oh yeah dude this is the ton of fun you and I have wanted to do a podcast yeah. together for god knows how long so I was glad that it worked out the way it did that uh, that you were able to come on and do this with me I, I rotate if you were a new listener I rotated guests throughout last season it was a pain in the ass because there would be <laughs> weeks where People like everybody that like I would go to would be busy and I was having to scramble. Uh, so to get Jordan on, keep Josh here, uh, you know, once Rolls Farm Report, unfortunately, you know, left because Alex, uh, you know, stepped away from it all. Uh, we we're I'm glad we were able to keep Josh in. It, Josh knows ball, but to have yeah. his comedic relief in there, too, uh, made it great. I will always remember him munching down on some habanero peppers on the show. That's like core memory type stuff. So he's a madman. Uh, 
absolute madman. But God, I you know, true to his word, and you always yep. respect that. We can't thank y'all enough for listening to this to us this season. Twenty twenty three has come to a close for us. Um, if you know, whenever wild news pops up, any free agency moves or a big trade or something like that uh, comes about, we'll hop on. We'll give you some thoughts and uh, get you through the off season. You know, hopefully we're able to do a little more than that. But whatever we're able to do, we'll get you get you some royal stuff throughout the off season and keep cheering on the Chiefs and whatever else you guys love to, to pay attention to. And you know, we'll talk to y'all soon. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.